Hello and welcome to Caught My Ear, where two music-obsessed mates grab a mic and have a chat about what music they've been listening to. My name is Maddie. My name is Vivian. And this week you're listening to episode 77. So first of all, we'll go straight into our song of the week with Vivian. What have you got for us today? So I feel like I'm cheating a little bit with my song of the week this week, guys, (laughs) but hopefully you'll forgive me. So my song is Gasoline by Haim featuring Taylor Swift. So yes, Gasoline is a song that came out like last and year we've already talked about it <laughs> probably but you know um this taylor swift has just breathed new life into it i guess but heim released this as part of their like they re-released their women in music part three um album so which came out last year and they released this and another track as well with another feature so when it was kind of out of the blue like they didn't hype it up or anything they're just like hey so by the way this is gasoline with taylor swift everyone was like oh (laughs) all right um but yeah like i was a huge fan of this song when it first came out i loved that album as well but this was definitely one of my favorites because just like the guitar and the percussion the way that that works so well together is in true heim fashion as it always does but yeah Why I picked it as my song of the week this week is when Taylor Swift comes in, she comes in on the second verse, she sounds almost unrecognisable at first because the stuff she does with her vocals is not very, like, especially in more recent times, you don't hear that from her generally. So when I heard her, I was like, okay, this is an interesting style for her, but I think she pulls it off. Like, she sounds really, really good. And then as well, like sort of throughout the song, like in the in the bridge as well, you hear sort of Taylor's layered vocal, like background vocals, which sound really, really good as well. And it just, it's not these huge, like astronomical changes, but it's these little things that sort of make the song just that little bit more like cohesive and tight and everything. Yeah, and I think I it's love got it. a little bit more depth yeah. to it, I think, with all of the new little like added backing vocal bits and all the layering and stuff. I think that's really cool. Mm. But I think also too, like... I feel like Haim have a very, very heavy, like, country influence. Yeah. And I think it's probably nice for Taylor to sort of, like, channel her roots. That's her a good point. country roots and stuff. Because especially with, like, the song that Haim featured on, on Taylor's album, mm. Nobody No Crime. Like, that's a really, really cool one. Yes. That's really interesting. Um, that's actually such a good point and such a good, like, um, relationship there because, yeah, like, a Nobody No Crime, like, Haim sort of dig into that, like, country words yeah. for them and now Taylor's doing it on Gasoline. So, yeah, that, it's such a, such a cool song. Yeah. And, um, and I'm a fan of Taylor's bits in there. So please check it out if you haven't already. That is my song of the week, Gasoline, Haim featuring Taylor Swift. Maddie, over to you. Alrighty, my song of the week this week is called Waterfall by a band called Ollie. I think that's how you say it. It's O-L-Y. Mm. Um, I think it comes from the fact that the band come from Olympia yeah. in Washington. So um, it's they're a really, really interesting band. Like this song is very, very cool for a number of reasons. Firstly, I'm loving all of the like water um elements that kind of 100% like go into it so there's a lot of like raindrop sounds mm. and like trickling water sounds and then there's sort of like bird sounds towards the end as well yep and it's sort of like you're in a rainforest and it's got this beautiful like lush feel to it which i think is definitely what they were going for um and then the song is also split up into like i guess you could say maybe three distinct sections 
and the beginning is my favorite i'm obsessed with the beginning of this Mm. song it's so gorgeous and it's sort of a lot like it's probably like the prettier yep like sounding of the three sections it's really really nice um yeah it's like got a lot of that lush sort of um tonality to it. it's very beautiful and then towards the middle there's sort of this like speaking rap section it's very I guess poetic yeah very poetic very yeah. like spoken word mm. type um vibes and there's also like and then towards the end it gets a lot more full and it like builds a lot and there's some i think some horns yeah added as well towards the end and it's sort of this like triumphant ending to this beautiful it's gorgeous it's really really pretty it's so gorgeous and yeah like we've there's been a few times where we've talked about these songs that have these like water sort of analogies and like well you know if it has like the title is water and then there's a lot of the elements that sort of represent that and we've always been such like huge fans of that because it's just so interesting to really make that relationship between the lyrics and the music so obvious to the listener and like done incredibly well yeah i really i really love it when like sort of outside elements that aren't like instruments are like Mm. incorporated into music because it's sort of like it does a better job for me anyway of like setting the scene Mm. and it sort of like immerses you into the world that they want to create which i think is really really beautiful and so like when you're listening to this song and you're thinking of water and like really like lush greenery and like you're thinking of like the birds in the trees and it's just like really really pretty and i like absolutely love it so i want to listen to like more of their music um but yeah that's my song of the week this week it is waterfall by ollie so we'll go now into our what's trending segment um, we do have an article here. Vivian's going to read it for us. Yeah, so a little bit of an introduction. It's sort of all this stuff that's been going on with Sia's new movie called Music. Now, this has been, like, a lot of the discourse around this has been happening for a while now. But yeah. the reason why I guess we wanted to talk about this week is that, you know, a lot has happened since, you know, it first sort of started, yeah. you know, becoming like trending and stuff. So we just wanted to talk about it, give our thoughts about it. And I found this article from Pedestrian um, that sort of summarizes everything up until this point, which I think is really good. So the article is written by Stephanie Tan and it says, Sia's patronizing movie about an, an autistic teen is out and it's worse than everyone feared. If you've been on Twitter recently, you may have seen the discourse surrounding Sia's new film, Music, namely that it's absolutely pissed off the autism community around the world. The film is troubling to say the least, and if you haven't read up on it yet, here's what you need to know. So, firstly, what is music about? Music follows a recently sober drug dealer, Zoo, who suddenly becomes the guardian of her non-verbal autistic young sister, Music. Leslie Odom Jr. co-stars as Music's neighbour, Evo, who helps Zoo learn about Music's daily routine. The film became available in the States on February 12th, but has already premiered over here. The Sydney Morning Herald's review is literally titled, Sears Music Leaves You Wondering What Anyone Was Thinking. So why has there been backlash? So right from the get-go, music was denounced by both industry critics and autism advocacy groups for not casting an autistic actor in the main role. Sia said she initially used Twitter to cast the film, but inevitably decided that her protege and frequent collaborator, Maddie Ziegler, would play the role of music. Ziegler is neurotypical, she's non-autistic, and that upset a lot of people. 
Autistic actors who responded to Sears' call-out expressed their confusion on Twitter. So someone wrote, quote, Several autistic actors, myself included, responded to these tweets. We said we could have acted in, on it. We could have acted in it on short notice. The fact of the matter is zero effort was made to include anyone who is actually autistic. So, um, and then it sort of goes on to sort of talk more about that. But then Sia sort of defended the, 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 the film, which sort of brought up a lot yeah, of issues. it kind of, I think, went down the drain from that point. Yes. So, in February, Sia appeared on the Sunday Project to talk about the movie. She openly discussed how uncomfortable Ziegler felt playing music. Quote, she cried on the first day of rehearsals and she was really scared. She just said, I don't want to make, I don't want anyone to think I'm making fun of them, Sia said. When asked if casting Ziegler as music was an example of ableism, Sia replied, I realised it wasn't ableism. I mean, it was ableism, I guess, as well. But it was actually nepotism because I can't do a project without her. I don't want to. I wouldn't make art if it didn't include her. Sia also rose eyebrows for working with Autism Speaks, which has endorsed the movie. The organisation, which preaches inclusion and acceptance, has been accused by many autistic people of doing the exact opposite. So that's sort of like, I guess, a condensed version of everything that's been happening. But yeah, it's a lot. It's it's very troubling, to say the least. Yeah, it's very heavy. One, I heard that they did originally cast someone who was autistic as... Mm. Um, the, like the role of music and apparently like they um they weren't able to cope with the conditions that like the filming um you know like the crew and everything and mm. it was a bit overwhelming I think and so that's why they chose to move on with Maddie with the film but like there are so many people who um were saying you know you could have made accommodations mm. for whoever they cast in you know, originally, to be able to, like, portray the role yeah. as an autistic person, as someone who is autistic. Mm, and that's, like, that. there's just so many problems surrounding this, and that's, like, one of the biggest ones. Yeah. But also, the fact is, is that, you know, people are, like, obviously the movie's out, and people have responded to it, and I, I found some quotes in this article here, um of the actual portrayal and how many issues there are with that. So someone said, it's deeply reminiscent of the exaggerated mannerisms non-autistic people often employ when bullying autistic and developmentally disabled people for the ways we move. So it's just really like, first of all, you know, you wanted to create this movie Mm -hmm. and first and foremost, that's a responsibility that you took in order to create this movie is to properly research and put in the effort to make it as authentic as possible. Exactly. And, you know, first of all, the casting is obviously a huge issue, but also the fact that you've still put out this product and it still wasn't up to standard on what actually represents these people. And that's, that's the horrifying thing about it. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not also just like creating something just, you know, just for the hell of it. Like, you are putting out something that's going to be distributed to such a wide audience and you're representing, you're putting out an image of, like, autistic people Mm. and you haven't, like, bothered to actually, you know, get any, like, advice on how that should be portrayed or, like, or you haven't done enough, quite Mm. frankly. I'm sure she's done some, but definitely wasn't enough. And I remember there's this, I'll have to find her, um, her at later, but there's this 
girl called Paige who um, is on TikTok and mm-hmm. she's like a young um, autistic actor mm-hmm. and she has been so vocal about this and she's like have like she's been talking she's been she's made so many videos on this topic and really really thought out and like just expresses like everything that is sort of you know an issue about mm. this movie so I'll have to link her um, at in the description of yeah, the um, of the episode but give her videos a watch because they are so informative and it just really gives you a better insight if you're not aware already about how problematic casting yeah. someone who is neurotypical as yeah. an autistic person and you know to make matters worse is you know it's not like Sia has taken all of this and said okay yep I 100% agree with you. Like, yes, I should have considered this, this, this. No, she has just fought back yeah. on so many occasions where it's just every single time I see that she's said something on Twitter or released some sort of statement, it's just gone from, like, worse to worse. Like, it's yeah. awful how she's defending her actions so much to the point where it is now. And the fact that so many um, – the movie received so many Golden Globe nominations a few weeks ago. Like, yeah. I just don't understand how we've come to this point. I know. It's a bit disappointing. Like, yeah. she has been so defensive about it and just hasn't been bothered to take on any any other, you know, like, constructive criticism about mm. the project and about how, you know, how harmful it is, like, representing, like, su- this very, like, stereotyped, like, you know, view of how, you know, autistic people, you know, go about in society and it's just it's just yeah shocking that it's come to this to be honest it's awful but but yeah please let us know what you think um it's obviously such a big topic and obviously there's a lot of things that go into it it, but we'd really be interested to hear what you think but that brings us to the end of our what's trending segment now we will go into under a rock so i will kick us off my song for this week is estella by kenny hoopla featuring travis barker so Kenny Hoopla, he's been around for a couple of years, but he's fairly um, new in terms of like to like the indie rock slash punk rock scene because last year he released a song that went sort of viral. It was really, really popular. And then this is sort of like his follow up this year. And it's such an interesting song because it's so reminiscent of like early punk rock but also very reminiscent of early 2000s indie rock as well like there's obviously a lot of punk rock influences especially having travis barker as your drama on it like that sort of says everything in itself but also it sort of reminds me a lot of block party and kenny's voice like is very sort of reminiscent of block party as as well which is like you know just so cool to see those two influences coming together but Yeah, what I really love about this track is that it's such a fun, like, upbeat punk rock song, but, you know, it sort of gives that nostalgic feeling, and Kenny's voice, he has a really interesting voice for this genre, like, you can really hear his passion, which I think is obviously what you want to hear when it comes comes to punk rock music, like, passion is so, so key when it comes to singing, but... Yeah, I love it. And the fact that Travis Barker, he's been on this sort of trend lately of jumping on, like, these sort of, like, younger, upcoming musicians' tracks to, like, I don't know, like, what the purpose is, whether it's, like, selfish or not, but to sort of, like, give them a bit of a boost um, in popularity, which I think is really cool of him, regardless of what his intention is. It's really, really interesting, because I've seen so many tracks pop up lately, and it's like, you know, 
always featuring Travis Barker. And I'm like, okay, this guy obviously has like so much time. Yeah. It's just like chilling on the drums on like all of these tracks. And it's really interesting because it's, it sort of gives you an insight, like knowing, I think one thing that I've noticed is that when I see a feature from Travis Barker on there, Mm. I pay more attention to the drums. Yeah. And I, it's just an interesting, like, you know, realization that, that, you know, that I do that. And it sort of makes you think more about how integral percussion is to 100%. a song. Like mm-hmm. actually thinking about, you know, how different a song would sound if like a certain rhythm was changed or if like a different, you know, a different kind of drum was used or it's so interesting how like drums can be so integral to like the overall sound of a song and Mm. this one is like no different it's really really interesting and I was I found myself like jamming along to it even though I don't really listen to this music so it was really really interesting to hear that I think yeah it's cool like you know Maddie this isn't Maddie's sort of music but it's cool that I that you enjoyed it because like it's yeah I feel like it's it's got quite an interest like like a common element to it and like with Travis Barker like like you said, like, he's an incredible drummer. He's, like, the rhythms that he can produce, like, in a wide range of songs. Like, he's yeah. been collaborating with, like, um, Machine Gun Kelly, which is, like, you know... Yes, that was that was the most recent one, I think. I yeah. Was, yeah. So, Him and Black Bear, I think they all did. Yeah, song, yeah. Yeah, so it's so cool that he's able to, like, go across these genres and just do what he does best. So, yeah, that is my Under a Rock This Week, Estella by Kenny Hooper featuring Travis Barker. Maddie, over to you. Alrighty, my under a rock this week is called Cowboy in LA by Lainey. Um, so this isn't like a relatively new song, mm. but um, it's off Lainey's latest album. Um, and I sort of, I was a fan of Lainey like ages and ages ago. Like I'm talking like 2017, 2018. Mm. Cause I had heard like a couple of his songs. I think the first one that I was introduced to was um, The Breakup. And then there were a couple of other ones like Malibu Nights and um, stuff like that later that I sort of um, got into. But I hadn't really listened to any of his music mm. since then or actually gone through and listened to like a full length album. Um, but then Lainey released this one, I think it was either early this year or late last year. I can't remember. I think it was last year. Last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this song in particular is really, really cool. Um, I think the only criticism I would say that I have of Lainey's music is that it can become quite repetitive and monotonous Mm. and like the same thing over and over again, which is fine. He knows what all they, I guess the whole, you know, Lainey band know what like genre that they fit well in and Mm. they can do well. And I understand that. And that's really cool because I enjoy the music. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to see how, like so many of their songs sort of kind of sound the same but this one's cool i like it i really like the imagery throughout like the lyrics and the whole sort of concept of the song of being this person who was like raised you know in the country i guess and has now moved to to the big city to (laughs) la and you know you've still got your like country roots there and it's yeah it's interesting like the um the discourse around that yeah i think um like I when Maddie said this was her song, like I already heard it, and this was my favorite song from their recent album. And it's exactly what you were saying. Like, 
I don't have a problem with their music sounding like very sort of repetitive, but it just makes it harder to discern the different songs. Like, oh, what's what's that song again? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, and I think a lot of it is because of like we were talking before we recorded the lead singer. His voice is very specific, and in every song, it's very much the same tone that he's sort of giving off. And then Maddie said that you know they do the same production as well on his voice specifically. Yeah. So. I definitely think that's why a lot of it sounds repetitive, but yeah, like you said, this is a cool song. It's a very like, you know, sweet type of song that you don't really hear, at least from a band like this. It makes you feel like warm and fuzzy. Yeah. Kind of. It's really nice. It's a really like positive sort of um, break from all of the depressing music that I listen to. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, so that's my Under a Rock this week. It is Cowboy in LA by Lainey. Um, so we're going to move on to Caught My Ear now, and I'll kick us off with mine. So before I go into it, <laughs> I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of this. So I apologize in advance, but this song is called Lovas o Alvida by Billie Eilish and Rosalia. So this song, um, I'm probably never going to say that again, so <laughs> just pretend that I said it right. Um, so this song is a collaboration between the lovely Billie Eilish and Rosalia and it was, I'm not sure if it's already in an episode or it might be in an episode of Euphoria. I think it has been already. Already has. Yeah. Um, yeah, I came across this one. It's really, really interesting to me because I was not expecting like the, cause I think it just came up on like a random like mm. Spotify playlist that I was listening to. And I was like, oh, this is really, really interesting. Because it takes a while to sort of like get into it. Mm. And then it sort of like hits you all at once. Because there's not a lot of, there's almost no like backing to this like instrumentation yeah. or any backing to this song at all. It's very, very like lyric focused. And it's, most of it is in, I think, Spanish. Mm. Um, which is interesting to hear Billy singing in Spanish as well Um, but it's really cool because it's this I think it's sort of like the best of like both of them like it's very much like Billy's vibe and it's very dark it's very like brooding Mm. and like haunting and then you've got this gorgeous like Spanish lyrics throughout like Rosalia's voice is incredible like it's so beautiful I haven't really actually gone into her music a lot if you don't know her she's like a latin pop Mm. artist who's sort of been doing a couple of features lately and she's sort of been getting a lot of um a lot of popularity i think she was nominated for like um a grammy um for like the latin pop category or something yeah um but yeah so this song's really interesting and i wanted to know what the lyrics meant so i've looked up a translation of it and i'll read some of it now so the first verse is tell me if you miss me tell me if you don't forgive me carrying all this poison is not good tell me if you miss me so it's sort of about this like um relationship that has gone sour and like billy and rosalia who are singing from their perspective it's like you know they want this other person to forgive them but they won't and it's sort of this thing that won't ever like they won't have any closure Mm. and so the main the chorus so like the actual name of the song um means will you forget it and then so the whole chorus is like will you forget it can you let it go like back Mm. and forth back and forth in like spanish and then english um and it's 
beautiful. Like it's so haunting and so just like it kind of hits you in a different spot. Yeah. With a lot of music. Yeah, for sure. And I, I I had heard this song as well when it first came out and I thought my first thought was that this is while this is very much a Billie Eilish song, I also think it's not in the sense that there is it's very like production lacking. There's yes. really not that much going on and usually, you know, Billie really does rely on production in her songs and I think it's really cool that she's sort of taken this direction cuz We've always said that she has this really beautiful, unique voice, but it's never really been on display so much, like, mm. it, compared to this track. And Rosalia, I, I think I spoke about her once, ages ago. Was it with her feature with James Blake? Yeah. Yeah. Barefoot in the Park, which is, like, such an incredible song. And it kind of has a similar vibe to this one. That's why, like, when I listened to this track and I heard Rosalia, I was like, yeah, this sounds like... Her voice is just, like pure butter like yeah it's incredible um so yeah they definitely do complement each other and their voices are just oh gorgeous yeah it's really brought out in this song i think and it gives billy a chance to sort of like stand on her own two feet and it's like look i know that i have relied on so much production in the past which is not a bad thing no, no. um but it's like look i i can actually sing and yeah, <laughs> it like really, really pays off because it's gorgeous and it's so beautiful, and their voices just like, like mesh so well together. And I really love the the ending, mm. the outro bit. It's really cool. So I'm gonna read the lyrics from that because it's like it's where a lot of the, um, it's very lyric heavy at the end because throughout the whole song there's not much there, but mm. the end bit is really interesting. So it says, "Love cannot be measured in a steady step. One day I'm a god, and the next I can break." I needed to go because I needed to know you don't need me. You reap what you sow, but it seems like you don't even see me. It's so... It's, oh, it's so beautiful. beautiful. It's so cool. I love it. But yeah, beautiful. so that is my Caught My Ear. Uh, this week, it is Lovas a Olvida by Billie Eilish and Rosalia. Vivian, what have you got for us this week? So my Caught My Ear this week is Weird Fishes by Leanne Le Havis. Yes. Yes, my queen. We've spoken about this wonderful artist many times on this podcast. It's all me, usually. Yes, yes. So <laughs> you guys might be surprised that I'm bringing her up, but I, you know, I had said that I really, I still need to do a proper deep dive on her music because yeah. everything about her, like, screams that I would love it. So this song, it's actually a Radiohead cover, so... It's actually one of my favorite Radiohead songs. It came out way back in like 2007. Um, so it's fairly old. But what I always loved about the original is that there's this beautiful guitar riff like all throughout. And Tom York's voice, like he just, he's such an incredible vocalist. I've always believed that. And his voice does things in that song that like, I just never thought that I would hear a cover of this and be so floored by it in yeah. the same way that I have been by the original. So the way that Leanne sort of takes this song, and uh, I was doing like a little bit of reading on Spotify. Apparently, this is like a test song for the, her and her band to see how well they could play live, which I think is really cool. That's so awesome. Yeah, and it's a it's definitely a like a more sort of toned down. Like at first, it's a more toned down version. Like it sort of builds slowly throughout the song because it's I think five and a half minutes, close yeah, to six it's minutes. Yeah, quite long. Which I think is really cool. It gives it time to sort of like build up towards the end. And just the things that she does with her voice. Like 
it's just oh like i'm so flawed and her we've said this before in previous episodes but her vibrato is just like oh my gosh like it and it's so on display in this song because she really just drags it out yep and it's just oh incredible and eventually you know as the song sort of builds towards like the end i just love sort of this mini breakdown when all the instruments come in like the percussion's just going crazy and the the guitar like there's these beautiful effects on it and it's just like it's just such a beautiful like climax to for everything because everything that's sort of been building towards that has been very very slow and meticulous but then at the end like I feel like everything just gets loose and it's a little bit chaotic but not like in a crazy way yeah I don't know if that makes sense I think in truly Anne Le Havis fashion there's always like a little bit of a weird kind of like yeah everything kind of hits the wall in some sort of you know um way or another but yeah I had listened to this song like when I was listening to the full album when it came out yep um I'd listen to this as someone who doesn't listen (laughs) to Radiohead I didn't know this was a cover but I'd never really given much thought to this song because I kind of listened to like the first half of it and I was like yeah I mean this is okay but it's Mm. not something that I want to like listen to a lot um but yeah it was it was so interesting because Vivian showed me the original after Mm. and like just how different but also like similar yeah that it is it's really cool like she's really really made it her own and normally I don't like that yeah (laughs) in covers like I don't like it when they like completely flip Mm. everything because I'm a bit of a like purist when it comes to things like that (laughs) It depends. I pick and choose. Yeah. Um. <laughs> whenever it suits me. Same. Um. But yeah, no. It's really, really interesting to hear like her take on this song, and yeah, just the vibrato. I cannot get over it. I always thought it was really interesting, like the spectrum from Leanne Le Havis on one end to like Ben Platt yeah. on the other, and his like super fast <laughs> vibrato. Like, where do you sit on the scale from Leanne to Ben Platt? I love how those two artists are like literally your like totems for like yeah that's me yeah (laughs) pretty much everything in between literally anyone who has any good vibrato oh i don't care so good (laughs) listen to it but yeah please check out this song i'm really interested to hear like especially if you're a fan of the original like what you think if you enjoy this sort of take on it but that is my caught my ear this week weird fishes by leanne lahavis now normally this would be the end of the podcast but we do have another recommendation so i'm really excited we're both really excited that you know we've been getting a few recommendations this week yes um so this song that was recommended to us is called the sun by amatista i believe i'm really sorry if i butchered though like yeah i think that's how you say it, it was recommended to us by um i, I don't know your name because you don't have your name on your instagram profile but um we'll at you in the in the description it's from little baby whale yes beautiful um, name I so love that. thanks for the recommendation <laughs> thank you so much I was absolutely floored by this song. I wasn't, I just didn't know what to expect going into it because, you know, um, this is, I believe Manny said this, like, she's a fairly new artist. Like, she hasn't released much and this is, like, one of her only songs. And I think... Yeah, I think it's her debut song because it was released, I think, on the 12th of February. Yeah. So, like, 10 days ago as of recording. And, yeah, it's her only song, debut single. I think she's from Italy. Yeah. Because um, this song doesn't have that many listens, but they're all... When you can see, like, where people are listening mm. on Spotify, they're all in Italy. So I'm assuming she's Italian. Okay, right. So right. that's and, where I get that from. <laughs> and it's cool. Like, I always love hearing, like, 
you know, like a new artist because you just never really know what to expect when you can't listen to any of the other stuff. So, but the cool thing about this one is it's very cinematic, but in a non-obvious way. It's not like, it's not a huge number. There's not like... There's not a full orchestra behind it. No. There's no like (laughs) huge big timpani drum going nuts (laughs) in the background. But it's this really like brooding sort of haunting type of cinematic song where I said that it would be like perfectly fitting for like a dystopian teen movie. It's very, it yeah. very sort of fits that vibe, but that's like the biggest compliment that I could give it because the lyrics are so deep and just really, mm. really interesting to listen to. But then like, you know, the production, like every, there are a few things here and there that come in, but there's this really cool like electric guitar that comes in and there's like whoever's playing it, like if someone's playing it, um, like the bends that they do sound really, really cool for this theme. Yeah, and I remember watching your face yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I got to that bit. You're like, oh, yes. So cool. But yeah, I, I, I love the track. Yeah, it's really, really cool because I always love that, you know, like when when we get recommended an artist that we've both never heard before, we're mm. both sort of like just attention yep. <laughs> before we like hit play on the song because we have no idea what's going to come out of it. So it was so cool to hear um, this sort of um, genre, I guess. And I was really excited because I I went to Amatista's Instagram and I saw her little bio and it said, I write melancholy songs for melancholy souls. And Beautiful. I was like, here we go. <laughs> this is it. Let's go. Let's get down and dirty. But um, yeah, and no, I really, really loved it. So thank you for the recommendation, Little Baby Whale. Yes. Um, and thank you to Amatista. Um, you produced a very beautiful song. A beautiful <laughs> song. I'm honestly such a huge fan of it. So it is The Sun by Amatista. Thank you so much for recommending. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you got this far, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, CastBox, wherever you get your podcast fix. And you can follow us on all of our social media at Caught My Ear Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And that is where you can send us your recommendations, just like we have in the last two weeks. So we've been on a nice roll with yes. the recommendations, so please keep them coming. Chuck them down in the comments, send us a DM, send us an email, whatever you want to do. We'd love to hear what you guys are listening to at the moment and what you guys want to hear us listen to and our thoughts. Um, and also, if you have any comments or opinions about what we talked about this episode, if you absolutely loved the new version of gasoline yes or if you hate it (laughs) we'd love to hear it so um please please hit us up on our social media but you can join us on monday for a brand new episode see you guys bye